Technology and Society with Aki Anastasio. This feature is brought to you by Altron, technology partners in your digital transformation journey. For more, visit altron.com. Altron, there when it matters. Hello, Aki. Hello, Eusebius. How are you? I'm very good. Are we going to talk technology first or crash scenes? No, I'll tell you what. (laughs) There's so much to talk about. I mean, that uh, aircraft crashing in uh, Moscow is just scary. No, that is absolutely scary. But um, do you have a good weekend? Are you ready for the elections on Wednesday? I I am. I've got mixed emotions. It's part of me that's fatigued, but there's also part of me that has adrenaline. Because as I was saying to Clement Magnatella a couple of days ago, there's no permutation of the results on Saturday night, assuming there aren't complicated objections and we get them on Saturday night, that will be boring. If the results are broadly, as any of the three polls have predicted, yeah. it will be fascinating. If the ANC consolidates around 60%, that will be a huge, huge, huge thing. If they were to get anything in the low 50s, that will be massive psycho uh, politically for the party. If the you know if the EFF were to jump uh, from six point three percent to ten or more, that's an interesting story to tell. Very much for, so. the, for the DA, who's always gone up since nineteen ninety four, flatlining or even dropping one or two percentage points will be fascinating. Yeah, not least for 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 Aloysius and what will happen to his career. No, right. it's it's. So I'm looking forward to it. I want to work with real data. So that that's what I'm looking forward. And to. you know what? You know what? For me, was fascinating. You see, because you know, I've been I covered the first election in uh, 25 years ago, and just having been abroad the last week, the rest of the world doesn't actually care about these elections. Uh, you know, you, you know, if you take a, a um, yeah. you zoom out of this telescope, um, and I was reading quite a few newspapers. I'm sure leading up in the next few days, we're going to get some coverage. But actually, South Africa didn't feature. Hardly. I saw one small thing in one of the international papers, hmm. um, but no mention on television stations yet or anything. So it's quite interesting reflecting back on That's 25 true. years where we dominated international news. So we've just become just another country holding another election. You know, it's, it's double-edged. Um, you know, you want the investors to still be looking and be interested. And I think they probably are keeping tabs on what's going down. Yes. Um, but in a sense, you also don't want to be exceptional. There's a there's a sense in which the ultimate achievement as a new society is to become so banal that you are just another news story that has to compete with other news stories when it comes to the news diary of the New York Times or the Washington yeah, Post or yeah. the LA Times. You know what I mean? So it's not it's not it's not a bad thing. Um, but they certainly will have a look if the ANC were to go belly up because then those who are investing in the country may ask questions around political risk and uncertainty. But let's move on. Yes. You were away at the Dell World Technology Conference. Yes, I was indeed. And, um, you know, just talking about conference, um, you know, I, I was at, out, I was at this particular conference and South Africa did come up at this one. Um, and, and, you know, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of optimism in the IT sector. You know, companies are investing huge amount of money. Um, and I mean, I spoke to the, uh, the, 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 the country manager, Doug Woolley, and he was saying that last year, South Africa had 20% growth in the IT sector, in just out of Dell. So it's, and, and the EMEA region, interestingly enough, you look at Egypt and you look at other countries on the continent, 
people are investing a lot of money into IT infrastructure, and so they should. So I was at Las, I was in Las Vegas. Uh, other people call it lost wages for other <laughs> obvious reasons, but uh, I was there for the Dell conference, and boy, oh boy, was it fascinating. And and really, what they did touch on where Dell is a very powerful company. Um, in fact, globally, where they're going with uh, you know they own a company called VMware, which is uh, you know which does virtualization, and they really spoke about the the cloud and how big the cloud is and how big data has become and how companies have to really digitize the infrastructure to modernize otherwise they're not going to keep up with the rest of the world and really they announced this very fancy software where they they allow you to um, use your cloud infrastructure on whichever platform you want to whether you're on Microsoft whether you're on Amazon or that sort of thing and all these companies are going into the cloud and they've got different Providers and what these guys do is they put it into one, giving you that flexibility. But really, the 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 conference was about that. It was about five G. It was just about how technology is modernizing everything around us. And I was telling you when we were playing during the news break how I struggle to keep up with the changes that are coming because they're coming at us so fast in every single sphere. Um, and here's a bit of an excerpt because one of the things that these guys love doing at Dell is that they love doing the, the human stuff as well. They're confident that, you know, deafness, for example, people who can't hear, people who can't see, these kind of things are, are going to be uh, challenged and people will, who have these challenges today will be able to hear and see in the next 30 years. This, these are the claims that Dell are making, you know, through technology and where we're going today. And this is the chairman of Michael Dell just talking about exactly this. If you step back from the, you know, what happened in the last 24 hours or 24 days and you, even 24 months, and you start looking at, you know, 24 years, what you start to see is the outcomes for humanity have gotten dramatically better and technology has played an enormous role in that. I'm massively optimistic that in the next three decades, they're going to be really miracles uh, in terms of how do you address things like deafness and blindness and paralysis with AI and, you know, embedded technology uh, inside the body, the, you know, uh, things we're able to do now with sequencing the genome and using all this data to, you know, create personalized medicine solutions. Yes, technology can be used for bad, but the vast majority of it is, is used for good by people that have good in their hearts, right? And it, it goes beyond making great businesses and making people more productive, it, it's, it's actually changing lives in very positive ways. You know, it's amazing. They were talking about how our jobs have changed and how digital transformation has enabled the workforce to operate differently. And they, they reckon that 81% of people work outside a traditional office today. And if you think about it in the past, you, you know, when you, didn't have mob, when you didn't have mobile phones and data, you had to go into a specific workspace to engage with what you're doing. Today, it enables you to do whatever sure. you like. And they say that 76% uh, in, in work in two or more places and 52% work in three or more than three places in a week. So everything is changing around us. And the whole notion, uh, the other interesting thing that came up was the bias that AI brings and, you know, how, how, uh, how, how technology can be an enabler and can be a destroyer of things if we don't do it properly. And one of the interesting panels was, uh, had Will I Am on the panel and they asked him his views on where technology is going and what he thinks of technology in the, in, in the years to come. And he's got his concerns around AI and big data. 
But I just love, I think he's such an entertaining guy, but he's a super smart guy as well. I am, if you don't know who Will I am, he's a former uh, member of the Black Eyed Peas and today very much a technology entrepreneur. But he had some really interesting things to say on what he sees the future like. I believe what's coming tomorrow is something a little bit more personal to where my AI is my AI, my data is my data. And I'm not just leaning and, 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 and relying on some, some other company's operating system and accessing someone else's free, you know, uh, product that just, I'm just a data point for them. Yeah. So tomorrow, my identity and my data is married to form the identity and I'll have my own personal AI, you all will as well. Um, and when you go to the doctor, they're not, they're going to ask you for your for your AI, and your AI is going to tell your doctor what the hell is going on with you. Right now, he's still asking you questions like it's 1970, like, so, where have you been? Uh, <laughs> wait, I, on a scale phone, of one to 10, like, how bad do you feel? Yeah, 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 my phone knows exactly where I've been as far as, like, you know, what areas had a flu outbreak, but I, for some reason, they the doctor doesn't say, give me your phone, because we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. We're just around the corner from that, but to do that, we have to have regulations on data, right? Because right now there, are, there is not that many. We have to have regulations on AI, and there is none at the, at the moment. Um, and government needs to catch up the speed of technology, and we need to invest so the jobs of tomorrow will come quicker. No, he's a very interesting guy. Now, you know, the simplicity of the technologies, like right now, so you're on your phone mm. and, you know, to log on on your phone, that you need your fingerprint or your eyes or, you know, put in a password. Then new computers that they launched, they can detect as you're approaching your computer that it's you and it unlocks your computer without you having to touch anything, which oh, I wow. thought was quite cool. Wow, that's yeah. Um, now, moving on to uh, artificial intelligence, Eusebius, um, you know, post-traumatic disorder, they use AI to detect, pro, you know, post-traumatic disorder, but now they've found another way, and this comes from the uh, Langone Health and the New York uh, School of Medicine, and what they've done is they've, they're starting to use your voice, and they've, they've basically analyzed a whole lot of different voices of people who have got post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, whatever has happened to them, whether they've come from a war reason or they've been in a hijacking, etc., but with with your voice and with speech, they're now able to diagnose this condition a lot quicker than using the current methods that they have. And they've cut it down by like a tenth of the time that they regularly need. What's the accuracy? It's very accurate. It's, uh, it's in the 90s at the moment, really? but they reckon that, you know, with, with this thing still learning, the, the machine learning, it's going to become almost like 100% accurate. So it's extraordinary what they're using with AI and big data and crunching all these numbers down, uh, what, what they're coming up with. Um, that and is then, amazing. Yeah, and then the last thing that I've got, you know, if you thought that prisons uh, <laughs> prisons aren't going to be technological places, well, think again, what they're doing in China, and they're saying that this kind of technology is going to be deployed to the rest of the world, is that they're putting special sensors on, on, on prisoners. Now, we've got healthcare watches on, we've got Apple watches and, you know, watches that count our steps, but they're using artificial intelligence, connected sensors, uh, these wristbands that analyze the data that prisoners are doing, mm. and where they are at any given time, and they're even saying that if they're getting up to no good, your heart rate increases. So you can pick that up in the data <laughs> analytics. And they analyze all of this stuff. They're doing this in Hong Kong at one of their high, um, uh, high-end prisons. And they're saying that this kind of technology is going to be um, rolling out to different prisons around what the world. Kind of, what kind of data are they trying to harvest beyond tracking your movements? Well, you know, uh, I guess… Uh, 
I guess they just want to see what what you know your state of health, for example. Okay. Um, okay. So they're just analysing the prisoners at any time, and and I suppose they can also start gauging your mental state of health sure. uh, just from your heart rate, your yeah. your pulse, and etc. But that'll all come in time. But if they pick up any abnormal behaviour, then they know that something is going wrong. You know, yeah. so if for example there's a fight in the middle of the night and you can't pick it up. This technology will flag that and get the mm. prison warders to attend mm. immediately. Uh, if a prisoner tries to to break out, so if the if your heart rate goes up at like one o'clock in the morning, you know somebody's getting up to no good. Um, in the, another episode of Prison Break. Thank you, Aki. We'll do it again next week.